and welcome to the Headstuff Podcast. This is the, the Galaxy episode. Uh, I'm here with Dave Henrati. Hello. Hi, Dave. How's it going? Good. And Connor Wilkins. Hello. Uh, on this episode, we have um, Mick Pope from the Galaxy. That's the one. And we talk a lot about movies. We talk only about movies. A little bit about TV. And yeah, brief foray into television. It's pretty much all about the visual medium in yes. this episode because yeah. um, you know music wasn't really something that we really were like, yeah, you want to talk about music? No, not really. I mean, like to be fair, uh, Mick is a cinephile. He adores films and cinema, and he's very passionate about the subject. So much so that we spent an hour talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a good pop culture roundup if yeah. you if you yeah. enjoyed looking at things. I think we were just talking about it anyway, and then it just. Like, 45 minutes in, it was like, oh, let's just keep talking. Yeah, guys, it's it's a conversation between people, having a nice, natural conversation. We didn't want to put roadblocks in the way, and we didn't want to be like, let's talk about, you know, the galaxy. But we'll talk about the galaxy now. Yeah, because we didn't, so we should. (laughs) We should. So the galaxy are an Irish band. band. They're from Dublin. They specialize in electronic music. They're dance floor kings, if you will. Yeah. Um, This was probably their biggest year, I think. They've been around for a few years, and they've kind of, like, been steadily growing. Uh, This year... They brought out their second record, which is called Le Club. We reviewed it. I reviewed it, actually, on headstuff.org, the music section of which I run. And uh, I gave it four out of five back when we rated things out of five. Now it would be four out of ten, but it wouldn't be because it would actually be eight out of ten. It's a great record. Um, It was kind of like, you know, a long time in the making, and it encapsulates their live sound. They're known for being a kick-ass live band. They play gigs, you know. They usually like if you're at a festival in the galaxy, you're playing. It's usually a good sign that you're at a good festival. If if you've never seen the galaxy live, I would recommend you do so. It's a great fucking party. At one point, Mick referred to himself as a terrible dancer, but I'm I'm going to disagree with him. I think he's got moves. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> and they got style too, man. Like, like they I was surprised in. that he didn't have like a blue beard or a silver beard or something. This is the thing, uh, you know. He leaves all on stage. Yeah, Alan. he's a professional. Oh. You know, like like you know, he's not clowned for you to parade about the streets of Dublin. I wasn't going to parade him. I thought he prayed himself. Well, yeah, I thought it was a bit much when you told him to get up and dance on the table. Yeah, you should. Oh, well, that. I thought it was rude that he wouldn't do it. You shouldn't do that with the guests. <laughs> there are guests. Uh, no, so we we had Mick in, and you know, to be fair to me, he's probably been like he's been doing a lot of promotion as of the band for their their rec- records and their gigs this year. So, not surprisingly, that he, that he that he wanted to stick to movies, um, which was interesting because we got to talk about James Bond we got to talk about his favourite films we got to talk about the best TV shows Uh, we got to have a go at me over The Sopranos for the millionth time Um, (laughs) I want want to have another go at you now but I know you know time constraints you you didn't actually get your get your aura in so go on give me your uh, oh it's my all time favourite show okay and I don't think it'll ever be beaten Okay. I love. I know. I know you love the wire, and I know you love the shield. Uh, the shield. Deadwood. I, I love the shield as well. Yeah. Um, and there's some of the most amazing. You know mm-hmm. that whole thing. Like, I, I'm not. I don't want to give any spoilers. Yeah, I haven't seen any shield. of it, and I want You've to never watch seen it. The shield? Oh, oh, it's come on, man. Yeah. Really, but anyway, The Sopranos. Yeah. If you, I'm, I'm so jealous of anyone who hasn't seen The Sopranos because I've seen it so many times. And I'm so obsessed with it. Yeah. Like I was watching The Sopranos this morning. For like you know, I, I, I just, <laughs> it's my breakfast. Hon- yeah. no, honestly, I, I just I I'm obsessed. Yeah. Well, this is <laughs> the thing. I wish I was. Yeah. I actually. I, fucking, I wish you were too. I wish I was. <laughs> I wish I, I don't get it. I mean, I, I as I said before, my contention has always been it's a good show. It's definitely I just a think good show. it's it's so I, okay. I, I understand. It's not right. a great show. Oh, <laughs> he's, gonna, oh he's, he's gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah. Viewing over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy. I'm on this side of the room. But there's, there's microphones in the way. Thank <laughs> Christ. But there's just it's just every time you watch it. Um, you notice something new, or you notice like all these little quirks in the characters that have been purposely written in. Like, you know what I mean? I will say that to be fair, I probably should rewatch it. 
you know, considering I have a strong opinion on it and it's a mostly negative, but it's not even mostly negative. I I never ever said the words it was a shit show, it was a bad show. I think anyone who says that is obviously a fucking idiot. Of course it isn't. Yeah, course, I think you know, if like, I think yeah, I, think I just didn't bad. connect to it the way that everyone else seemed to, and I kind of felt like I was like, what am I missing out on here? I think Why maybe is- because people who are so connected to it and love it so much have probably watched it numerous times. I, so, I, I don't find I tried I tried rewatching season one and I was like, this is something about I don't know what it is. I, I felt it was quite drab, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's meant to. I know it's meant to be claustrophobic and stuff, but I mean, like, I just didn't quite. I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't hit me. Yeah, the way that you want to hit me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you what, I will. Is it a genre thing? No. Well, actually, that's a good question. Like, be- how would you feel about films like Goodfellas? And- well, this is the thing. I think I, I'm not too enamored with Goodfellas either. Right. Um, <laughs> give me some more gangster stuff. Uh, Godfather, Godfather. I love Cas- the God- Casino. I think Casino is pretty. Average. Oh yeah. fuck! Like, like, hang on, hang on, hang on, oh. hang on. Casino, Casino is like a a, a, a watered down Goodfellas. Like, even mm, it is. Uh. Oh, he's getting really upset. No, I'm not getting upset. I'm sorry. I just, I just tell you. I, I do you know love, my favorite, you know my favorite bit? Casino is my favorite bit. Casino is the opening bit when Robert De Niro turns into a dummy when he. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know, I know. And every time I watch it, I kind of go, oh, could, you, "Could you not have done that? Could have done that a bit better." Yeah. 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 I, 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 I think Casino went on a bit. You know, I was kind of like, okay. I mean, I, I think it's again not a bad film. I was just kind of like, right, whatever. And like, it's effective that Joe Pesci death scene. Spoilers for yeah. Casino is. I can't watch that again. Yeah, that's too much. It's a hard watch. That's a hard watch. Goodfellas, you know, I, again, it's a it's a four out of five. I don't think it's a five out of. I, you know, it's like I don't know. The Godfather, I think, is perfect. I think Godfather one, two are amazing. I think the first one's better, personally. It's my preference. Yeah. they're both fucking amazing films. Three isn't as bad as everyone says it is, but it doesn't compare to the other two. They're doing actually the concert orchestra are playing. Yeah, uh, they're scoring. That's on Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that this Saturday? Is it? That's well, well, you know, depending. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, hang on, it's on. It's on. They're doing it on Halloween night. I just forgot this isn't live. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I really like Boardwalk Empire, which yeah. surprised me because I kind of I have a massive problem with Boardwalk Empire, and the same problem I have kind of have with Sopranos, and I don't think that the lead character is compelling enough. Oh my um, God. I think the people around him are, are more interesting, and in Boardwalk Empire in particular, you seen Boardwalk Empire? No, I've seen I've seen the first season, but I'm just talking about yeah. um, Tony Soprano. Yeah. You read my piece, right? One of the most. I haven't, actually, I haven't read it. I'm actually going to read it right now. We're going to link this piece into the into the the I think the, the writer, I suppose, for this What's podcast. What's the article called again? Uh, Heavy lies the crown. The uh, problematic and something Tony Soprano. I don't know, but I was, my my whole contention was that I thought Tony Soprano isn't worthy. Of he- heavy lies the crown. Head stuff. You'll heavy find lies it. the crown. Uh, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll put it into something. I don't know, but it's kind of like <laughs> we'll, <be. laughs> we'll read through the the audio and, and make you look at it. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, Bordock Empire has the same problem. A lead where I'm like, oh man, I want to spend time with the other characters. Didn't have that with Shield. Didn't have that with Deadwood. Didn't have. Then again, Deadwood's an ensemble. Didn't have that with well, the Warriors an ensemble. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like I. Yeah. Did anyone see Lily Hammer? Lily Hammer. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I couldn't deal with that shit. You know? How do you know? Did you see? Any? There was ads on Spotify because I don't pay for Spotify because I'm cheap, and it was like you know. Things are never quiet in Lilyhammer. And then it's like Steve Van Zandt going, Every day I go out and love them. And it doesn't matter who I try and be, uh, it comes back at me. And I'm like, fuck this. You know, not yeah. into it. No. I haven't, see it? No, I haven't seen no. it. I haven't seen it. Okay, let's go into this episode. The wire, I have to go back to The, the Wire, the scene, uh, one of the best scenes in any TV show ever. There's many. Is the, the, the scene in the kitchen? Yes. Oh, the yes. fuck? The fuck thing? scene? Yeah, that's incredible. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. The yeah. Wire, but The Wire is, I, 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 I think The Wire has kind of begin, began, the screws kind of came loose a little bit towards the end. I'm glad it ended when it did. Mm-hmm. Kind of same with The Shield. Kind of, But I think The Shield is a show that, that gets a bad rap. Uh, I think it's a lot more than the Smash Mouth style 
presents to you the pathos in the show is unbelievable I've those characters broke my fucking heart man yeah I thought they were done so so well uh, gangsters I don't know I mean like yes and no sometimes they're compelling sometimes they're sometimes I think it's a lot of hot air I am going to try the whole season 2 of the wire thing at you there I like season 2 <sighs> Really? People don't like to. Yeah, I, like I didn't season like two. It, I just couldn't. People couldn't. either think it's the best one and they're being post That's the shipping yard one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. I like season two. Um, it's hard. That's where it kind of almost lost me. Yeah, I think season three is probably. Season three and four are probably the best ones. It's three in the school. Yeah, the kids. Yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're probably the best ones. And that scene where they, they, they kill, the kid gets killed. Um, Which one? Spoilers for the no, war. I, I don't <laughs> want to say. Uh, he's one of the main guys. Too. Season one? No, no, no. I think it's like season oh, two. Oh, yes. Three yeah, or four, yeah. Very sad. Where he gets killed by his friends. You yeah. know the guy that's, that's season about? one. Is that season one? That's Wallace. Yeah. Wallace gets killed in season one. Yeah. Because then you get um, D'Angelo yeah. and the whole, yo, String, where the, where's Wallace? Yeah, 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 where's yeah. Wallace at? That where the fuck hard. is Wallace? <laughs> And he's like, you better shut your fucking mouth. Uh, so edit that out because I sound racist there. So I'm doing like a really, yeah, sorry. I'm going to just repeat I that over and over again. I can't do Idris Elba's voice because Idris Elba was cooler than me. I actually just start, I'm halfway through, I started watching this morning. Um, Luther? No, 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 no. I love Luther, but the, the new good, thing, yeah. the new Netflix good movie point. that he's in. Oh, Beasts of No Nation. Yeah. Yes. I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's supposed to be really good. Uh, yeah. Directed by Kari Fukunaga on True, of True Detective. What do you think of True Detective? Oh, I mean, really? Do you guys I, love watch? Season, I love season one. I haven't seen season two. Though. Did you watch season two? Uh, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, I thought it was good. People hated it. Yeah. Funny I, that you've got the opposite opinion, isn't it? It's, look, <laughs> season one like, isn't... isn't oh, did you not like season one? No, I do. I, I thought season one was great. But, yeah, I, yeah. but I think the people have the strange revisionist history. Yeah. Because people in season one were giving out about season one while it was happening. And now they're like, it's the best thing ever. And I'm like, no, it's very, 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 very good. I really, really enjoyed it. And I and, and I don't see why season one is held on this, held on this pedestal and season two is beaten like is is getting like murdered by critics. I, I thought they're I think they're both really good. Yeah, but I think season one is better. But I think I thought season two was really good. Yeah, I mean I thought it was paced better. I thought it, it, there was parts of season two that were a bit kind of definitely. Slow. Yeah, there, there, there's and like I thought Colin Farrell was excellent. He was brilliant. I yeah. thought Vince Vaughn was great as well. I thought the other guy was a bit pointless though. The motorbike uh, guy. Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, yeah, you could argue, you make that argument absolutely. Um... It was, I just thought it was kind of like, for example, like, I mean, like, Fantastic Four this year came out, and if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it has like a 9%. Uh, it's not that bad. I actually quite liked it. Uh, it falls apart at the end. Yeah, I'd say that's, yeah. Um, but I mean, but it, but the reason I bring that up is because I felt that with True Detective Season 2, because it wasn't McConaughey and Harrelson, um, people had an agenda. Uh, oh yeah, and I was reading. Once like, they saw Vince Vaughn, they already just oh, yeah. liked it. Yeah, I was reading week by week reviews, and which you know is not the best way to judge something, but that's the society that we live in. You know, mm-hmm. look look at football. You yeah. know, manager wins a game, he's the best. Loses a game, he's yeah, the worst. Yeah. Um, and I thought that with True Detective, people were enjoying sticking the knife in, and with Fantastic Four as well. And I think it doesn't actually show you the whole picture. I think True Detective season two is is flawed. There's some dialogue that's rubbish but there's dialogue in season one that's fucking rubbish yeah, like yeah. it's very kind of arty farty and I mean you know it didn't have the direction tightness that Carrie Fukunaga brought to all eight episodes of season one but overall I thought it was very very good and I think Vince Vaughn did a much much better job than people give him credit for yeah I thought he was good yeah especially because if you look at the character as wearing two faces it works for him to be a bit awkward in the first few episodes. And that might be given a bit too much generous leeway to it, but nonetheless. And then first, no one could make that fucking monologue that opens up episode two with him looking at the stains on the ceiling work. No actor could make that work because mm. it's terrible writing. But overall, I thought True Detective was uh, very, very good. And I think La Galaxy are very, very good. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> to tie us back in. Um, <laughs> and everyone should go and check out their album, Le Club. Everyone check out their earlier stuff because all that is great too. Go see them live and enjoy now an error 
of their frontman, Mick Pope, talking movies with me, Alan, and Connor. And, you know, Sopranos, me being given out to the end. No, I don't like that. That is like the seg- the real segue to the little things you see people going around on now with just the feet. You know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, that version of Which are more and more common. I see them everywhere. I've seen now. a few of them around. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about uh, men in suits who clearly work, like you know, in financial um, peril, whatever? Uh, that, if that's the end of your statement. Kind of, uh, yeah. <laughs> I hate them. No. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about them like rollerblading to work anymore? Oh yeah, because that's the thing. Well, without those guys, sure, you know. W- it, 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 I'm glad we have people will entertain us in such a way. Yeah, you know, <laughs> there, I haven't seen anybody rollerblading to work in a long time. I saw, again, I don't really get up before uh, midday, so you just wish you could rollerblade to work. <laughs> I fucking do. I actually like. I actually was like, I should have learned. I should have learned when they were in because they're back in now, apparently. Is this recording now? I should point out that it is. Yeah, yeah. Right. We might have just keep talking. Like, I mean, like, this, what this do is, you think of guys in gold, suits? Jerry, gold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, me lamenting about rollerblading. So I guess should, should we should we introduce who we're talking to now then? The inventor uh, of the rollerblade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why did you invent rollerblades? <laughs> to, to, for for businessmen, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> it's finally it's finally paying off. Yeah. Just so so. Uh, this is the heads of podcast. That's your line, Alan. Yeah. Dave, you, you took it. You can have it. Uh, I'm the new editor. It's it's a hostile takeover. <laughs> uh, we're here with Alan Bennett, the real editor of Head uh, Stuff. Hello. Uh, me, Dave Hannity, the music editor of Head Stuff. Connor Wilkins, the sound guy from Wilkins Sound hey. Systems. <laughs> Thanks, and Dave. finally, our special guest is Mick Pope from the special Galaxy. Special guest editor. Special guest editor. <laughs> special guest editor of the podcast. You can edit this out, you know, like, I'm sure Alan won't mind. I've, I've taken, look how this easy it was. This is your thing. Well, you You've know, got full creative license. Peter Jackson came on and edited Empire once. And I think Steven Spielberg did it as well. So, you know, what can I do? I, always, I think about those things. I wonder how much they actually do when it's like... You know, you're like one of the busiest directors in the world. Will you edit our whole magazine? Yeah, it's, it's like it's like when when executive producer. I found out a few years ago. If you're an executive producer in a film, you turn up one day and you shake a lot of hands, and then you you leave. That, that's what an executive producer does, apparently. Yeah, they're like a name on a on a sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so if I can just turn up here and shake some hands and move and, <laughs> and get a credit for the website, that sounds pretty good. Um, do you still read Empire magazine? I know you're big into the movies. Uh, I, I, Empire Online. Yes, yeah. well, because they did, they, they, they do, as this week will prove, they do get some pretty good scoops. Like, but they're, I listen to the podcast quite a bit. Um, they can be, yeah, I haven't forgiven them for giving them Phantom Menace four stars and stuff. Five, and, I thought. So five, I think it was five out of five. Out of five, what? Yeah, doesn't compute with the Phantom Menace. They're so, they're so uh, kind of, you know, their fingers deep. In, in like so, so the pie a lot of the time yep. that they uh, they have to be seen to drink the Kool Aid when it comes to even some of the most rubbish stuff out there you know mm. they, 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 I mean they gave Spectre four stars which was you know oh yeah here we go no, but I, I, <laughs> I, I thought it would be a, I thought they would be because you know, they're British British yeah. production Edgar, you know, Edgar Wright's films they, always get four or five yeah they've, they've been in, they're always I, that good not always yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Got, I've, got a, I've got a theory about the about, about, about the, Car- the yeah. Cornetto trilogy I feel like. Shaun of the Dead was is so perfectly crafted, right? I think it's 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 like clockwork. It's, it, everything is, but that's the kind of thing that you have from having three or four years to work on your movie. And they, you know, there's a on the DVD there's kind of this area, this this section where they break down the whole film on a flipboard, and it's every single beat from the whole film they just flip past, past the pages and they show you every single beat that you know from the movie. And I think as after the movie became so successful, 
they just, you know, they had, they had what, six months probably to write Hot Fuzz, which had always been in their heads. And The World's End does feel like written by a couple of guys who are really kind of in a rush. They, <laughs> they, they, they know what they want to do, but they don't have them as much time as they did before to, to really, really kind of like get into the creative side of it. So it comes out still pretty, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's okay. I think if you compare it to the other two, I think it, it doesn't really hold up. It's fine. Hot Fuzz is still 25 minutes too long. It is. Yes, it is. And it would be a better movie if you, you know, I want to see a fan edit. It's got some great <laughs> stuff in it, though. I suppose I think it's the best, my favorite of the three. It's definitely Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, that's, what, mm-hmm. that's probably what most people think. I think Hoffa is the one I, mo- I most rewatch. Mm. But we disagree on every single we movie do. ever. <laughs> and everything in general. Yeah. Yeah. I've been here 15 minutes yeah. and we disagree. <laughs> yeah, we, we never <laughs> agree <laughs> on anything. Like. Uh, well, actually, let's, we can't disagree on a film that I haven't seen. So let's talk more about Spectre for a second. Because we're yeah, talking you, off you're, mic I, with the new Bond film. Yeah. Alan loves it. Yeah. Mick does not love it. No. And we'd be talking to a lifelong Bond fan who, who appreciates the sweet and the sour and the shite. You know, <laughs> you're, you're, for every for every view to a kill, there uh, and Moonraker, you know, there is a diamonds are forever and they kind of live and let die and stuff. So I realise that it's, the quality is varying, but at the same time, this one I was profoundly disappointed by this film. Tell us why. Um, I think uh, Spectre, or sorry, uh, Skyfall doesn't make much sense. And but if you think about it, sit down and think about it for five minutes, um, that's certainly true. But I think it, it was carried along with this kind of energy and this kind of had a little bit of rev, uh, uh, kind of revered the past films, not too much, had a great villain and just kind of it ticked along in the last half hour, which people kind of go, don't really like that much. I kind of love it. I kind of love the fact that the, the stakes aren't for the, the planet or, you know, the world or the underground layer. It's actually just kind of in, in a field in Scotland, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. um, this one didn't hold together like that for me at all. No, I have to say. Does it turn into Home Alone at the end, a la Skyfall? No, it doesn't. No, that's actually quite, yeah, that's good. Have you, have you, have you totally, used that before? I've totally stolen it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, All right. it's, it's not mine. I think a lot of people use it. I'll, I'll be using it, actually. What do you yeah. mean, turn in home loan? I don't. Well, I'm glad it. you asked, Al. <laughs> you know, Joe uh, Pesci and Daniel Stern trying to break into Bond's house. And Bond's yeah. laid all these sorts of elaborate traps. <laughs> yeah. Also, can, can, I, can I curse on this? Yes. Um, uh, fucking yes. Uh, Judy Dench and M, she says fuck in it. She does. She, very, 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 very quietly. I fucked this up, didn't I? Which yeah. is, uh, for me, that's good for a Bond movie, but time. Uh, Home Alone for a second, by the way. Remember in the second one when he's throwing fucking bricks off a building at people? That's a bit much. He's trying to kill them. Well, in the first <laughs> one he does as well, though, doesn't he? He's like... It's, it's a bit much. Also, sorry, one, 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 of the, one of the bone to pick with Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Uh, <laughs> I don't like where this is going, David. <laughs> uh, Tim Curry's finest error uh, is, at the end of the film, he gives Brenda Fricker half of a Christmas ornament... She's on the street, freezing and starving, and he fucks off back to his rich, opulent lifestyle. Kevin McAllister is an absolute bastard. <laughs> he, he's he, a child. Yeah, he, but he, he's, he, his background is he's a very privileged young man, yeah. and he doesn't, and he doesn't exactly. seem... Oh, he's a wasp. Yeah, yeah. I totally. Well, every, all, anything, anything, anything John Hughes did, all his characters were seen to be, apart from maybe Molly Ringwald in 16... In 16 no, in uh, Pretty in Pink. Right. Uh, yeah, they came from these incredible, incredible like upper middle class Chicago kind of families. Well, yeah, but it's a symbolic gesture. Well, what's you going to give her a sandwich? I think you're forgetting about that sweet apartment she was living in, like above that kind of upper house. She's place. homeless. Yeah, but she had this cool place. Apartment. She was she had like had a lovely a, place. Uh, it's she like a. <laughs> I was actually thinking about Brenda Fricker and her Hollywood and, and, and her couple of years in Hollywood. I watched The Time to Kill last week and she was in that as well. Is she in that? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I just don't know why. Like she, mm. she, she, I, I, maybe she kind of just chose to come back here for some reason. Mm. She, was doing, she was doing good work over great there. Great actress. Yeah, great actress. Yeah, great really presence. Good. She didn't like the life maybe. 
Yeah, I mean, she kind of like, and she kept, probably came to it pretty late as well, considering like what my life foot. What she would have, what was she in her fifties? I'd say was she must have been. Yeah, you know, going to Hollywood for a couple of years. She got burned out. by Macaulay Culkin in New York <laughs> in a park. <laughs> get, get, into, get into Hollywood and get out, like uh, Bridget Fonda, who I haven't thought of for the first time in ten years. She's just retired. You're doing a lot of reminiscing on actresses. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I like to think about this stuff. Is she retired? She's retired. She was a great. She ago. married Danny Elfman, I believe. Oh, um, right. really? Yeah, of Oingo Boingo fame. And, and Simpsons. Every soundtrack you've ever heard. Yeah, um, yeah she was really, She was excellent in Jackie Brown. She was excellent in... He was in Oingo Boingo. He was in Oingo Boingo, yeah. I think okay. he might have been like the keyboardist. Okay. Or the front man. I feel like I should, I feel like, I feel like I should have known that. You've got the internet. Ooh, okay. Danny Elfman. <laughs> and while he's looking up Danny Elfman's career... Uh, Molly Ringwald and the notion of, you know, upper middle class white families who don't really have much problems with things. Her father in The Breakfast Club must not, must be a very lenient man because at the very end of that film, everyone remembers John Bender, you know, Judd Nelson's character punching yeah. the air and then the soundtrack sweeping in. Right before that, we get a scene of him macking on Molly Ringwald's character. Okay. Of which he does on the bonnet of the car. (laughs) And the camera pulls out to reveal that her dad is just sitting in the driver's seat watching his daughter get worked over by Judd Nelson. (laughs) What the fuck, John Hughes? (laughs) If, like, I think John Bender kind of lives in infamy in that town because he's he's not a respected young man. No. And you probably know him as being from the wrong side of the tracks. And he's out out there macking your man's daughter on a Saturday afternoon. And he's just sitting there being like, oh, like driving gloves, like tensing. uh, (laughs) Oh, right. Did we see his face? at all? No, I think he got like a side shot and he's wearing like, okay. a, he's wearing like a hat and a Mac or something like so. It's, it might not even be her dad. Yeah, it's Breakfast Club 2. I still don't know Electric what you mean Boogaloo. by the Home Alone Skyfall thing. What was that? Le- he just told you. Home invasion type thing, you know, traps. as in like traps. Oh. And, he starts oh. laying lots of traps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. That's Sorry. Home Alone. I thought there was more to it than that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what you meant. Well, there might be. <laughs> um, it's possible that um, Albert Finney's... There's an old benevolent old man who ends up helping out in the that's end. That's true, yeah. yeah. And good. it's not Sean Connery. No. <laughs> Much yes. like Skyfall. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think he was, he... was he too sick or was it something? Or was I he think it's money. Sean, I think Sean Connery has said repeatedly, no one can afford me anymore. Okay. He retired as well. After entrapment, yes. I want to say. I'm thinking no, about, no, because um, wasn't that shitty horror? Uh, not horror. The, the uh, League of Extraordinary. Yeah, League. yeah that, that was it. I think that was. I think that was the one. The, 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 the straw that broke that big old Scottish back. Yeah. Other retired actors, Gene Hackman. Yeah. 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 Isn't he like ninety years of age? Uh, yeah, but like, like I think he, I think was it Tenenbaums his last movie or something? I think so. And apparently he was a real prick on that. Yes, set. very difficult. But what? A, I, yeah, I, I, I don't even tennis. care. Yeah, yeah. I, he could have like he could have alienated himself from the whole cast and crew. I don't care. He's amazing in that. Top movie. five Gene Hackman performances. Uh, I'm gonna go for. Um, well, okay. In, in can, I, can I go in any order? Because I can't Absolutely. really. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll go for. What I, he would I'll want. go for Popeye Doyle. Um, I'll go for Royal Tenenbaum. Um, I'll go for. Uh, I think he's really good in Enemy of the State. He's excellent in him. That's a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. Star studded. What did you do? I blew up the building. Why? Because you made a phone call. You <laughs> made a phone call. <laughs> uh, the conversation. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I watched a film of his a few weeks ago called The Package, which was directed by Andrew Davis, uh, him, him and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh. And uh, yeah, and I'm going to put that down there. It's really good. No, uh, no Unforgiven. Yeah. Uh, Little Bill. Yeah. It's Clint, I have complicated feelings about Clint Eastwood. Because the real Clint Eastwood is a weirdo, yeah, and just because a Republican weirdo like, likes to talk like to he, chairs, he, he like he, he fired enough shit at the wall, and some of it's stuck, like unforgiven that, like but so much drivel. Like, what's your feeling on Gran Torino? Because everyone loves it, but is it not a bit rubbish? Um, I did like it uh, at the time, um, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know how much. Like, there's rumors of the heat where he turns up. 
on sets and basically you get two takes that's it in and out you know grand and you know the, the ad does all the shouting and stuff like that and i think that might be true i think he's he's always been a bit of a maybe a little bit of a hack mm-hmm. you know i feel a bad saying that because he's kind of because he's kind of like he, he's an icon and you know there's a revenance towards him and stuff like but you know Oh, he's one-dimensional. Yeah, and if he and if he's, if he's listening to this, you know, <laughs> he'll probably kill all of us. <laughs> you know, but Hollywood love him, don't they? Because yeah, he always gets everything done uh, under schedule and under budget. He does. Yeah, yeah. So, which, which, which well, I think sounds like he doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> really, he <laughs> all gets to see was American Sniper to realize that like he has no Didn't idea. See how, it. how bad is it? It. What, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's very yeah, yeah. poor. And, Jingoistic, and it's I troubling, It has troubling morals and troubling ethics, and it's got a big rubber baby in the middle of it, it's which is like, unusual. Yeah. yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like Even it, it became, know. it became this left-right dividing movie in the in yeah. there for like three months, which is really, really unusual. Yeah, you know, they, they like conservative America just f- went, used it as their as their torch. You know, yeah. If you don't like American Sniper, you hate America. Type yeah, thing? kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I only heard the other day that Bradley Cooper made fifty million off that. Whoa. He didn't take a salary up front, and then he the back end. he got ten percent of the gross or something. So I he ended up with that. 50 million. I'm deferring my salary in this band, actually, uh, for the last five years. So I'm kind of hoping things going to come good eventually. When you make a Die Hard... Oh, Die Hard 6 is happening, and it's a fucking prequel. What's happening? I don't know what's it's a happening. prequel. They're making, the with director, Len Wiseman, who did The Fortune, which I quite like, um, you know, I think it's all right. Yeah, um, I think retroact- I like retroactively speaking, compared to the yes, fifth one, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is better than we should, than we. Yeah, yeah. How many is there? Oh, the fifth. Yeah, the fifth yeah, one is yeah. one of the worst films. One, the Russia. It's like eighty-five horrible minutes. Yeah, made by who directed it? Oh God, he made like enemy uh, uh, oh, behind enemy lines. And yeah. He made Omen remake. Yeah. Irish guy. Yeah, he's from Dundalk. He is from Dundalk. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Dundalk. He did uh, the Omen remake. He did. Yeah, and. Um, and Flight of the Phoenix as well. Yeah, the remake of that. Can, yeah. can we remember, you, are you asking me or can you, remember, you know his name? I know his name. Okay, what's his name? His name is John Moore. John Moore, yeah. Uh, and I, I only realised a couple of months ago that um, an, an Irish kid directed that Dracula movie that was out there about six yeah, months ago. that's right. Yeah. Which one was that? He, uh, it was called Dracula Reborn. Was it Reborn? Yeah, something or, like or that. Unborn or <coughs> underdeveloped. Oh, was or, the one with uh, Luke Evans and Charles Dance? Uh, yes Dracula Untold Untold yeah. He's Irish Dracula And it should have remained untold hey. but, uh, so, so, Sorry Chief um, <laughs> But yeah he just done a couple of commercials And he, he went He was in um, Anthony from the Galaxy's uh, school his, right. In his class In uh, Artane Anthony from the Galaxy owns a school <laughs> No yeah yeah He does yeah he, um, It's a school of hard knocks They're using <laughs> Dracula Untold To launch their version of the Avengers With all the monsters Apparently yeah, it's setting up a franchise. Everything's a franchise. I feel like I should get a franchise. I should be like, you know, we should have like galaxies all over the world. You know, <laughs> do you think? Are you that... a tall, balding, aging, <laughs> <laughs> terrible dancer? And you know, you know, well then you're hired. Get out there and do your thing in Japan. Do Just you to think let you know that... why I have this open? Gene Hackman did three films after Royal Tenenbaums. Okay, which is very important. One of them was Enemy uh, Behind Enemy Lines. Oh, the last film he made, I think, was Welcome to Mooseport with Ray Romano. So Ray yeah, Romano killed yeah. his career and uh, and Runaway Jury. Runaway um, Jury. Oh, that's not a good film. John Cusack, isn't yeah. it? And Dustin Hoffman. And I think Jeremy Piven's probably in there because he was riding on Cusack's coattails for a while. The Pivert? He was, yeah. Remember, yeah. When, remember when he was an old bald man? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> happened? It's, he got, Movie magic. <laughs> Movie magic, yeah. He became this like this kind of svelte... Oh, he's really annoying, yeah. Yeah, permatanned prick, basically. Um... Franchises, Fast and Furious franchise, best franchises out there, right? Uh, Legit. I'm not even kidding. Uh, you uh, should maybe yeah, start. I, I could do. Like, what kind of franchise doesn't get good until its fifth movie? Yeah, it's unheard of. <laughs> it is. 
Usually, the, usually it's decreasing quality. If you yeah. like any of the franchises that I love, like my <coughs> my Friday the Thirteenth and my my uh, Halloween's and my uh, they're the ones that start out as horror movies and end up as comedies. Yeah, the Hellraiser franchise, Which for Freddy. example. Oh man, I watched Hellraiser one and two last week. They're brilliant. And then, then it gets good. It's, they're gross, though. I mean, I've I've got a strong stomach, but there's something about the way, whatever way that tip that certain. British type of gore they have in it that's really revolting yeah it is they really really make me sick those movies and that's the second one in particular like oh, that yeah. bit with the razor blade and the guy in the bed that's yes that's horrible it goes on for like goes they're on British for like films, a, they? yeah this, oh, I didn't know that they were yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They're, but they're, they're set in some sort of weird English American hybrid where like uh, it's all it's clearly a house in the middle of like you know like strewed in like the middle of uh, in England but it's like supposed to be like Brooklyn yeah yeah or something it's weird <laughs> yeah it's that that scene with the guy with the razor blade and all that stuff it's That's like nasty it's like 25 minutes long and he's just screaming and uh, yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's yeah. a lot it's Clive Barker man you know and then the third one turns into Freddy Krueger Hell on Earth which is Hellbound no, no Hellbound is the second one okay yeah, yeah. Hell on Earth uh, I know my Hellraisers uh, sadly <laughs> so, I, so, so yeah I, I kind of I, I, I was sickened by the end of the second one and then I said okay I'll look for one more Clive Barker and I watched Candyman for the first time in like 20 years oh I saw that it's pretty good years ago. does it hold up yeah Philip, Philip Glass's score is, it doesn't really suit it but everything else works pretty well mm. yeah it, it works it's, that film made me scared of mirrors for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still scared of mirrors. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would do that. Um, so I guess final words on Spectre then. Uh, you, you haven't fought Spectre's Corner, Alan. Uh, I think it's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, but, like, but that's that's about as concise as, like, uh, you know, he thinks it's good. I think it's bad. That's that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Right. You know? Well, I, yeah. I do think it's the third best of the Craig ones. Daniel Craig ones. It's doing that thing for me now where I'm like, you know, you know, is Quantum Solace really that shitty? Like, <laughs> yeah. do I, go in, I, mean, I actually uh, do want to watch Quantum Solace. I know again. It's, it ended in kind of a cool hotel or something, wasn't it? <laughs> I oh, don't yeah, remember. Yeah. It works and fine as like a 1.5 Casino Rail, I think, you know, it's a final lad on. Like yeah, it's just story. be like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, they, and that, they, they really loved that at the time, didn't they? Like, it starts right after Casino Royale, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you couldn't see a fucking thing that was going on, when the, even in the opening car chase, remember? I was going around the clips. That's in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The difference between Martin Campbell and Mark Forrester was just, that was it. And they were like, okay, I'm not Yeah, one's this. an action director and one isn't. Yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah. You I know, know, I thought, I, like, you know, I, I, I've been a long-time Bond fan as well. I always go into them with a massive handful of salt. Yeah, and yeah. being like, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a bit of fun. And it's going to be ridiculous a few times and it is of course they're all ridiculous at some stage but if I'm not bored then I'm happy and I wasn't ever bored I, I mean, was you were probably bored yeah I, I kind of was which is rare for me I mean I, not since Warhorse if I start, wanted to walk out of a film <laughs> Warhorse got 15 minutes out of me like <laughs> I just, did you walk I, out I, oh yeah big time yeah I was kind of just, these, these, these kids had snuck in and uh, they were just they kept talking and I was like, I with my friends, and I was like, this film sucks. And I was like, okay, I was like, I have to do something before we go. I was like, kids! <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like, will you shut up? We all paid money to see this. And I was like, then my friends, I was like, can we leave now? And they were like, yeah, okay, fine. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I vividly remember that I needed to get that done before I left the cinema. So I get my money's worth. Have you walked out of many films? Uh, no, I, I usually have a rule where I don't. I walked out, like, but that was just, I really wasn't in the form for that movie, and it was... I can't even remember. It was. I had this tone. I know he was going for this John Ford type thing, but it was. It wasn't on my. It wasn't in my wheelhouse at all. I walked out of. The last time I walked out of before that was some something by the Mighty Boosh guys. I think it was Bunny oh and the Bear. Oh. They, they brought out a movie or something. I walked out of that, but yeah, they probably I, shouldn't be allowed to make a movie. Yeah, but <laughs> usually I will. You know, if I kind of, I kind of don't like myself. If I walk out. Just sit, just sit through it, man. It's an yeah. hour and a half. You know, I enjoy it when someone else walks out. 
Oh yeah, well you know you should you should have come see but Macbeth with me. Oh, I heard about this. Um, <laughs> a lot of I, people walking out. Yeah, uh, I heard like was this? Uh, I, I'd say seventy percent of people. Really? Yeah. No <laughs> a, a film based on on the Scottish play, one of the most famous plays of all time, and they obviously were surprised. Yes. It's insane. Uh, Louise Britton, who writes for the site, tweeted about this, and she said that like there was like fifteen people walking out. It's just streaming. It was like it was like going to see a Gaspar Noé film all over again. <laughs> was it good? It's, 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 it's fantastic. It's yeah, brilliant. it was gorgeous. But I don't, yeah. I don't like. And what was it? Was it I, I, I'm not ashamed to admit, like that's like in the, when, whenever I'm in, watching Shakespeare, whether it be on stage or on the screen, there is ten or fifteen minutes at the start where I'm trying to basically, you know. Undo the way I'm hardwired to try to, yeah, to like, yeah. listen to the and it's, it's challenging. It's meant to be, and it, like it, I, I'm not ashamed to admit that. And, and anybody I think should be like, you know, okay, I gotta get my, I, I, yep. I got really gotta gotta go with this. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't that because like, because this was like an hour in where they all just were like, oh, for God's sake, and it looked gorgeous and it was but acting was amazing. I couldn't understand. I guess they just really. I think it's what you just said. I think I think you do have to acclimatize that. I went to a press screening of it, which thankfully you know no one's going to walk out of a fucking press screening. Yeah, because everyone there is as pretentious as everybody else, uh, <laughs> myself included. And I love that fucking play. I I studied it in yeah. school. I adore it. Uh, even I read it a bunch of times. I've seen a bunch of versions, and even I, for like half an hour, was like, "Yeah, I'm not really getting all this because it's 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 in a thick Scottish brogue yeah. as well." Like, so it's very Shakespeare dialogue slurred in Scottish for a lot of the time, but it's very fucking good. And yeah. by the end of the film, the cinematography is gorgeous. Yeah. Is like, it verbatim? Is it yeah lifted? They, yeah. they actually cut stuff okay. and kind of make the odd alteration, but nothing major. But um, I'm not the biggest Michael Fassbender fan. Um, I think he's very good, but I don't think he's amazing. But I think, you know, this was the cliche. He's born to play that role. Marion Cotillard was born to play that role. They're fantastic. It's excellent. Yeah. And, you know, but, you know, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get someone going to see a film not knowing what it is. And yeah. Like, oh, oh, it's- I mean, I used, to, I used to work in a cinema when I was a student and I, I had like those kind of strange experiences where they would, people, like, people are fucking idiots. Like, <laughs> like they come up and they say the stupidest stuff about this. Like, they, they just say, what's that? Who's in it? And I'm like, that's the insider. It's a kind of a, it's very kind of slow paced drama about the cigarette smoking industry. Who? And they were, they were like, what? What are you talking about? And then they'd be like, Al Pacino. They're like, yeah, grand Al Pacino. We go with we see that. And like, they wouldn't care. All it, 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 it came down literally to the name above the poster. They didn't know what they were watching. They didn't care. It was about getting the pop- popcorn and the, and the <laughs> and loads of butter and then head name you know it was weird <laughs> you know and they get names wrong I think they, they called 8mm remember that film 8mm yeah, yeah. They, they, someone asked thought it was called BMM which is weird uh, the, the faculty was called a number of things called the vicinity or, or, or and then uh, I think that, oh you should see him dancing at Luna said that one was that, that was good two for for the fuck Lugnace or whatever it is um, yeah that was great if I if if stature and money were no object, I would work in a cinema for the rest of my life. Um, you must have you must have met some characters. Yeah, in, in Stephen Ray. Uh, oh yeah, is yeah, he, he brought his kids to the film. No, he's bollocks. Oh yeah, well, yeah, he's an awful grumpy fucker. What happened? Uh, he just but, you know so yeah you, you know if you're working in the in, in in the service industry you know you you like to people to be nice because you're nice to them. Yeah, of course. He was just an impenetrable wall of. Of, of mean, grumpy, surly, cantankerous old man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was researching a role. Yes, I'm sure he was. It's possible. What film did you go to, actually? I'm fascinated by this. Uh, I the think faculty. it might have been Ants yeah. with a Z. Oh, well, yeah, that would piss anybody off. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> okay. not, it's not great. <laughs> Another Gene Hackman film, I think. Ants with a Z. Is he? Yeah, I had his IMD mm. open and I think I saw it there. Right. Really? Okay. What's well, the rest of Salona's in it? Yeah. Woody Allen. <laughs> that's, that's weird. What yeah. a weird cast. Bugs Life kind of had nobody really. He kind of might have had Julie Louis Dreyfus or something like that. But I think he's like General Dave, Dave Foley or someone, I think, is like the main guy in Bugs yeah, Life. Yeah, so it's that, Woody, Woody Allen, Dan Aykroyd. 
Oh, Dan Aykroyd. Bancroft, Jane Curtin. Wasn't Dan Aykroyd Bancroft? That's so weird. Wasn't Dan Aykroyd great until he went crazy? Yeah, he likes his crystal skulls now. Aliens and stuff. did 9 11. Yeah, yeah. Like, like all that kind of stuff. Fucking what a, what a guy. A friend of mine worked in the cinema in uh, Drada, where I'm from, and it, this was 2003 ish, because I remember Intermission was out, and he was up in the projection booth once Spy Kids 3D was out, and this was before 3D came back in into the thing that we all love uh, today. Mm. It's the best Do thing we? in the world. Oh, it's great, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like films that are 20% darker than they should be? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's like, the worst part of it. I won't see a 3D movie just because it's darker. Yeah. yeah it's Gravity diffy. was great. It's diffy. What was Man of Steel like then? Because that was dark anyway. Like That was just too dark. Was that I, 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 honestly, I, unless I'm, it's a, it's a genuine mistake. I don't go to see him. Like I went down to the. I already wanted to go, to go for a walk to go to the movies a few weeks ago, so I went down to see Everest in uh, in the Odeon. Just because I like that. I love I love that walk down the keys and stuff. That's really nice. And you get to go to the movies, and no one's really no one goes there. I don't know how it's still open. Yeah, it's weird, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And uh, they were like, I just saw. I was like, fuck, it's three D. So I was like, you know, glasses and extra money and all the stuff that. And that was a movie. I was like. I can't see this that's going on on this yeah. mountain in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know, it's too much. <laughs> you know? I saw uh, that in 2D and in 2D, like, it's just, it's so beautiful. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I actually really thought it was really good. People didn't seem to be going that yeah, crazy Yeah, people didn't it. like it. I really liked it. Yeah. yeah. It's incredibly effective for me. I just, I, you know. But my mate in Drawdown. Oh, sorry. Right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> The, he's Spike's 3D is on, you know, so not really the advent of 3D, and then all of a sudden, like you know, he kind of sees something in the corner of his eye, his peripheral vision, and he turns around in the projection booth, and there's a man standing in the projection booth where you're not supposed to be, and the guy has a pair of 3D glasses in his hand and a quizzical expression on his face, <laughs> looking at them, then looking up at my friend, and my friend was like, uh, "Sorry, you're you're not supposed to be here," and he goes, uh, "The film downstairs." And he's like, "It's it's not 3D," and my mate Adam was like, "No, it is," and then your man goes, "No, it isn't." I've seen 3D films <laughs> in Dublin. <laughs> oh my god! I've recorded in Denmark. <laughs> yes. Wait, so he walked into it like this? He walked into the fucking projection like, like through like a all gated right. door. And that's a cool room, actually. Maybe it's, maybe it's, it's probably all just all hard drives now. No, no, no. This, this was the day. This it was, was, it was a projector really cool room because I, in. I walked into one of them by accident, and like Pirates of the Caribbean two was playing. Okay, and I walked. I backed. You were going to burn the print, obviously, were you? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I have to see this. <laughs> and then next thing you know, fucking, um, I, I, I knocked a projector reel off the thing. I, I, I panicked. My other friend didn't because he was. Wait, no, did you walk in? You also tap. You, you accidentally tampered with the machinery. Accidentally tampered with the machinery. Yeah. <laughs> While the film was no, on, I was allowed into the projection booth. Okay, okay, okay. But I, I, I was getting some posters and stuff, and I was like, thanks, guys. And then I turned around, ring, and then. Oh, no. But it was gone for about 15 minutes, and no one came out and complained. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I guess they were too. Is that thing, you know, when you're in the cinema and everybody's looking at everybody else? Somebody has to lights go up or the film stops. You're just kind of. Yeah. Who's going to go? Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol? No, what was it? Ghost Protocol? What was the most recent one? Sorry. Rogue Nation. Yeah, I saw it at cinema and halfway through the film, the sound went. Like, all the top end, they must have blown the speakers. So it was all just like. And I swear to God, not one person in the one hour, 20 minutes went outside. Everyone just sat there and spoken like it alone. But you're watching this with no top end frequencies in it whatsoever. <laughs> but because it's because of the way the, the stereo field is created, um, every now and then you'd hear like a, a, like a, a gunshot that would be that was crystal clear. So people obviously assumed that it was uh, that. Uh, but I leaned over to my friend. I was like, "Do you hear that?" Like you know. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah I do." I was like, "What are we What are we going to do?" And uh, we just we just sat there and did nothing. 
no, no, one wants to cause, no one wants to cause a fuss. Yeah. You know, it wasn't Jesus. making much sense anyway, I think. I think I was just going with the images and the... Yeah, yeah. I know. quite liked it. I, I, I liked that. It was fun, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, uh, I got incredibly into that opening stunt for a while. I just kept watching the real deal. Like, I could yeah. not believe that he'd done that. Yeah. The plane. Yeah. The eight, eight, and he'd done it eight times. I just looked at it. Like, What's your thoughts on Tom Cruise in general? Um, he hasn't really been in the news much, has he? Well, I mean, in terms of like you know, films. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, what's, he, what's, what's, his, what's his personal life? What is he guilty on his, his downtime? Keeps a low profile generally. Uh, Tom Cruise is. Oh, I, just, I, I like having a. I like having a bona fide film star out there. Really, I know. I don't really. Yeah, I kind of like him. He's you know, he's a, he was very ambitious. I think he's um, kind of have to watch him on some of the Scientology stuff. Uh, you know, some of the clips that have surfaced online, and you kind of see that. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's not even that articulate, really. Remember really in the that famous clip of him with the with the with the polar neck and the talking. Oh, if a yeah. car crash happens, yeah, yeah. I'm the best person. He's kind of, to... he's kind of doesn't really know what he wants to say. He's kind of you know he's not. I don't think he's the sharpest tool in the in the shed. But uh, I do like I do like my film stars, my big bona fide leading men. You know what I mean? I need yeah. this one, so I, I, I can. You know, I know I, I know it's it gets all weird and cloak and dagger and stuff behind the uh, behind the curtain. But I can I can take him for what he is, and also. Yeah. On a pretty good run, I would have thought. Yes, you know, I know. Yeah, the Darkness was good. I did yeah. not hate Oblivion as much as everybody else. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah same. Um, oh. Hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I also think, am I the only person in this room who really liked Jack Reacher? Yeah, yes. that, I did. Was I thought it was good, yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was really fucking good. That guy, good. The, the thumb with eyes, what's his name? Oh, uh, Vernon Herzog? No, uh, Jai Courtney. Oh, Jai Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he literally has no face. <laughs> He's just he's not, he's people a, don't like Jake. He, he's our new Sam Worthington. He's a new Sam Worthington. Or yeah, yeah. Charlie Hun Hun Hun. Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, uh, who was and in Garrett Hedlund. He's another one. Yeah, they they all have literally no faces. Charlie Hunnam was in Pacific Rim, which I also loved. Um, big uh, fan. I like Pacific Rim. I hated Jack Reacher. Love Jack Reacher. How can you hate Jack Reacher? It's a fun throwback I, thriller. I, I, I needed it. I needed it to be more than more aggressive than it was, and I needed it. Be, I, I needed a better Jack Reacher. Yeah, I can I see that. I wanted Michael Shannon or something. You know, just yeah, up there, kind of just like big dude. Kind of really, really scary, intimidating. You know? I do like watching Tom Cruise play the media game, though. I remember when Mission Impossible 3 came out. I remember Jonathan Reese Myers was in that movie as Declan uh, or something, <laughs> you know, ramping up the Irish accent. And it's like himself, Maggie Q, who I think has actually Irish roots, of all things, and Tom Cruise were on like TRL with, you know, Carson yeah. Daly or something in, in the States. And it's like, you know, you're kind of bright, open area, it's teenagers everywhere. And he, and Carson's like, oh, what a clip. Amazing, Tom. Tom's like, oh, you've no idea, man. And he's like, how was it for you, Jonathan? And Jonathan's like, you know, uh, to collaborate with a guy like Thomas Cruise is just an incredible thing. Uh, it was amazing. I, like, I, I got to learn someone. And he goes on for like about a minute. And then they're all kind of like, uh. And then it's like, so Tom, was it cool? And he's like, it was cool. <laughs> Oh, that, oh, Jonathan. That, that that does sound like Jonathan Reese Myers. Not inside God the actual studio. Did he call him Thomas Cruise? I think he might have. I might be Thomas Mapother the third. That's his real name. Yeah. yeah. Um, he may have not said Thomas. That might be me uh, giving poetic license. Thanks for ruining the illusion, there, Alan. I just had to know if he actually said that because it would have been. Well, he can't, he's, he's like he's. Like, I think we got the closest to a human being ever around the Magnolia time. Like. I think we got the closest to a real human, a, a real person on that there. performance is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I mean I, I listened to him on the Nerdist there about six months ago, and they they, they, they like Thomas, tell you tell us something about you that no one knows, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he just was he was just he was just like, oh, I, I love movies, and you know he just wasn't giving them anything. <laughs> you could see the grin through. Yeah, yeah he, he, I kind of liked that. I listened to that as well, them. and it was just it was I thought it was kind of nice just to hear him be like, 
I, just a guy who loves movies. Yeah, and which which yeah. which which and that's that do come through. Like, I think people are expecting like you know, come on, where's the darkness? But they're just my bean bean Yeah, yeah, yeah it's okay. The Scientology thing. You he know, does but, seem like just a genuinely nice guy. Yeah, he does. Like he's wrapped up with some. Then uh, you watch like Going Clear, or did you see that the yeah, Scientology yeah. thing? And you know, it's kind of this other weird side to him. But like then you see him in an interview, and it's like, oh, he seems like a really, <laughs> Sorry. Nice, really nice guy. Great yeah. with the fans. You know, did you watch yeah. Going Clear? I did, yeah. I, 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 yeah. There's, there's a lot to be said. Now. Do, do we, we, we need another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was unaware of the whole find me a girlfriend angle to his life, but uh, oh, you know, yeah. we, let's not go into that. Mm. This is a family podcast where we talk about nice things. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe uh, we should talk about something that's uh, not movies. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> TV uh, then? Television. <laughs> television. <laughs> what have you been watching? So let's talk about The Sopranos. The Sopranos. The Sopranos. Why, 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 why? They, they just trolled. Trolled everyone. <laughs> in, <laughs> everyone of the head, Headstuff's listeners. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Um, I wrote that piece. People weren't happy. Um, one person said, thank you for saying what needed to be said. And I that was, was like, your pseudonym. My pseudonym. But as long as you don't get like all condescending and saying look you guys have all got it wrong you dickheads this is not a good show if you'd have said my opinion is that it's not a good show but I didn't I, say I, I it wasn't a good show I said it is a good show I said my, 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 my contention is genuinely that it's the most overrated show but well, why is it overrated because people treat that show with a weird religious fervour <clears throat> that I don't understand it's like the Beatles you're not allowed to say it's not amazing you're not allowed to say like, that there could be something wrong with it and I'm like okay that's strange to me and I also find it strange and the, the article kind of the whole point of the article really was to was to see well, not okay. That's me. That's me reconning my own article. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when I made the point early on, I said, "Look, if you say this Sopranos is shit, people, or, or, or not even that, if you say I think this Sopranos is overrated, I don't think it's the best show of all time. I think it's only okay. People will lose their shit, and they won't actually have any argument for you apart from what the fuck you fucking wrong? Where are you praying? <laughs> and that's what happened. And I was like, they're just proving my point, man. You know, well, no, come no, at I think me. It's, it's probably the best written show." Ever. It's the most rewatchable show ever. One of the best acted shows ever. Rewatchable? I couldn't. Rewatchable? Yeah. I've watched every episode of For me, but, but people saying, but people I'm jumping down your throat. As we speak. People jumping sorry, down Dave, your throat because. Oh. Hit you. <laughs> sorry. People jumping down your throat because you say something bad about it. It doesn't make the show bad. It might make those people annoying. I don't think the show is bad. No, but it doesn't, it doesn't make the show overrated either. But it the is show, overrated. The show has to be Because it's held up in this pedestal by every, by critics and fans alike as this perfect thing. Well, then it just must be good, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's the level of it, and I'm just like, like I mean, like, again, I mean, like, I'm not. For, I mean, for, for me, like, I, I do think a lot of it is the uh, is the the Heisenberg kind of uh, Scarface thing of like, you know, it's it's badass. It's True. badass to have the kind of the the, ma- the mafia, the crime thing is kind of badass. But for me, the other levels that worked on was a ver- was a real American sensibility, like, and a, and a pop culture sensibility. As in, there was a lot of some really trippy stuff. And that was really kind of yeah. in in my, in my area. I love that the episode. Was like, what was the episodes? The dreams and the stuff. dreams and stuff, yeah. and and, it's, and and some of the, uh, the the music choices and some of the kind of characters were doing stuff that wasn't really like Goodfellas. It felt more like it was. It, but yeah, and if you've read Difficult Men about the the book about showrunners, David Chase, he loved art house cinema he loves verite he, he never wanted to be involved in television he wanted to make movies and he wanted to make really kind of really kind of something that was quite esoteric and I think I love that about the show is that I felt that as well as it being pop culture popcorn entertainment and also as a dissection of it, of masculinity really you know yeah I thought that um, 
on that front, it started off well, and then by the end of it didn't really have anything to say. I think he is a character that goes from point A to point A, and I know that that's the point. Mm. But I found that to be an unsatisfying oh, but like character he, arc. When he survives the, the Uncle June uh, shooting him, spoiler alert, he has this kind of lust for life. And then if, like, two episodes later, he's like, look, every day is a gift. I know that. But does it always have to be socks? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's beautiful. I couldn't have put it better. That, that, no, that, that is that, good. Yeah, that's the kind of, that's like, kind of the, that real kind of um, working class Italian New York philosophy where they're, they are, they're so insightful without trying to be too articulate or trying to be or trying to be philosophers, you know? And I love that, that, that sense from it where it was talking on a level that you could understand, but also its ideal, ideals were pretty, pretty out there. Seeing as I'm in a room with three Sopranos fans, real quick, uh, ending? Y'all happy with the ending? What, what do you think happened? I don't think it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, That's love perfect. it. But saw it, first time I saw it, I, I, I'd heard about it, laughed, just when, as soon as it's screaming black, I laughed, at this joyous laugh, as in like, I cannot believe that that show got away with that ending. It's beautiful, it's perfect. I've seen it loads of times. I can see the, every single shot in my head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen it so many times. Beautiful. Love Did it. you all rewind it? I think it's when great you first ending. saw it, yeah. the ending, for the first time. The very first mm-hmm. time I ever saw it, I was like, I didn't know that it was going to happen. And I, I didn't my, know around my friend who, had, who was mad into it as well. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then <laughs> he was saying, "No, that's how it ends." And then that's I watched it again. I was going, oh. yeah. And every time I watch it now, I actually, I actually kind of well up a little. Yeah, bit. it is. It's, 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 it's actually it's like it's that combination. It's that perfect moment of uh, that perfect marriage, uh, marriaging or what was it, what, what marriage, was it? marriage of just sound and image and emotion and yeah. the fact that you all, everyone who watching it knows it's it, it's it's like you know it, it's the final moment. You know mm. what I mean? And the song choice. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Now it seems a bit good. It's annoying now. You put, you put yeah. it on a club and you hear it in a, in a, in a pub, you're like, oh, but like yeah. back then it was amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was a great song choice the way it just kind of went into the way it did, but it was really annoying that it, it took was everybody's favourite song. Also. Yeah, it's it's kind of people that never would have liked that kind of music before. And It's kind of funny the way like um, Breaking Bad and stuff, that ending hasn't really resonated. Hasn't had much of a pop culture footprint, I think. I thought it did. I mean, like, at the I, time, yeah. I don't like the ending of that at all. Um, I thought that show was great up until the end of season four and I really wanted season I, I remember saying to a friend when I was like yeah season five now we have to get the fall and my friend was like I wish it had ended now and I was like oh you're crazy man it's gonna be fucking unreal and I think apart from two episodes in, se- in both season five yeah I didn't like it I'm kind of just talking about my, my, my final scene though as in like you know that real moment where I never, I'll, never forget, I'll never forget that last moment it, oh right it's like, like very you know, yeah you're like, like you were saying your favourite show is The Wire and The Shield mm. I remember both like I remember uh, it's a Vic Mackey was his name Vic Mackey yeah. walking, walking with that little smirk on his face and I remember that ending um, is the best ending I've I ever remember seen. McNulty standing on the bridge yep. and the kind of montage and that's I, don't, I just think Breaking Bad had a very comfortable ending and I think oh, as the years will go on it'll have that avatar thing where no one really talks about it or knows about it we, love, we know it but we just don't the ending specifically like you know yeah that's probably true although we do have people running around in Heisenberg t-shirts missing the point of the show of course yeah that, 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 that's <laughs> the thing like it's you know the, I, the mugs and, the, <sighs> and you know it's. I don't think it'll go on to be as iconic as something like The Wire The Sopranos or, but you have to take, take account people who would have come to that show having not seen those people like kind yeah, of, that's a, true. of a younger age it was, it, it was so entertaining it was so pulpy and it was really really good it was yeah. so well shot and, mm. and written like you know we, we just we, 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 all got a, we all got a bit too worked up I think a little yeah, bit yeah a little bit yeah but I'm not saying it's shy. It's clearly good. <laughs> Get him. It's definitely, uh, definitely a good show. Myself and yourself got worked up about Hannibal. A quick note on that. The, it's gone. And yeah, it's gone. And we're, and both, and we're both... I, definitely gone, but definitely not forgotten. But no. it's a very satisfying ending considering it wasn't what we expected. We expected we were going to get Silence of the Lambs. We thought we were going to get... Um, I don't know what we are going to do for the last three years, but we, were, we, we, we've been through... 
Mm. We, we, we've had Manhunter and Hannibal in yep. the one season, so I can't really ask for anything more. And, and, you know, it would have been weird bringing in a new character like Clarice or whatever if they could have, you know? So Yeah, they got a lot done. They did. And, I mean, this might be an unfair thing to say, given that he's so much more screen time, but I find it difficult to, like, read the books now and not see Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, no, he's, he, like, well, I say this without hyperbole, he's the greatest uh, it, uh, version of that character ever. Yeah. Really is. Now, when you watch Andy Hopkins, you're kind of like, oh, it's like a cartoon or something, <laughs> you know? You kind of see, I see I actually, no, it seems more like, like robot chicken or something, you know? It's, it's, it's <laughs> weirdly, weird kind of almost play doughy kind of effect to him. Like now he's really, it's because it's, it's so highly strung, you know? Mm. It's pretty amazing. We should move on to music though. Um, given that you're in, 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 <laughs> <laughs> should we? Um, what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I was enjoying our, well, you know, it's, it's more of a pop culture roundup, I guess. It sure is. Yeah. You know, cause you know, I talk enough about oh, this stuff. Oh, shit. Uh, I forgot to ask you this last <laughs> time I interviewed you. So point break remake. The three worst words in the English language. Extreme athlete? No. Extreme athlete, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, the bit in the trailer, yeah. These people like me are extreme athletes. It's like, oh, humble braggy piece of shit. For <laughs> listeners who don't know, the galaxy, uh, Point Break is a film near and dear to their hearts. Yeah. You wore the dead president. It's not the dead. The ex-president. The, the ex- we, we I the ex- always yeah. get that wrong. Because the they, they were kind of all alive when the film was made, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe so. It's well, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure why Nixon died. Nixon, but- Reagan, Carter, yeah. and... LBJ was probably dead yeah anyone who hasn't seen the original Point Break by the way watch it immediately because it's fucking brilliant perfect action film absolutely perfect it's amazing Uh, there's a remake coming out in about a month or two months or so it looks like it's shot shot in a very do you not know this no oh here we go here we go I love Point Break Connor looks upset and you should The trailer. It looks, really, it looks really European as well. Like, where, where's my beaches and my and my sunsets? It's yeah. not. It's, it, all of a sudden, they're shooting in like you know, Croatia or yeah, something. Yeah. It really doesn't look as glamorous. Uh, yeah. Are you going to go? No, absolutely not. You're not no, you're... I actually have no problem with the remakes. Like uh, ignoring them, Poltergeist, Total Recall, everything. They all completely bypass me. I don't care what I read. I have no interest. The films I love are the films I love. I don't like. I think. It was a, it was a big deal for me to to, to see Dawn of the Dead remake because I love the original so much, but I think that one stands out as being quite its own good. beast. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good movie, good. like mm. you know. Um, but everything like all, all your Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth, The Fog, all those films, never. What about no. uh, Mad Max? See that? Yeah, well, that wasn't a remake. Not a remake. It was, remake, it, it was uh, more of a continuation of the uh, yeah, yeah. mythology the of Max. War, yeah. yeah. Do you like it? Loved it. Yeah, and yeah. actually, does it? Um, it's great to hear, just to hear George Miller talking yes. anytime. He's such he's yeah. such a <clears throat> smart, like such an intelligent, articulate guy, and he just speaks about his movies in ways that you didn't even comprehend when you were watching them. You know, he's great. He he recently did, got, was on the Empire podcast for an hour there, and it was really really good. Listen to him. I thought it was a lovely touch for him to bring back the bad guy from the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the bad guy for this one. That was just so cool. He's definitely a weirdo in real life, though. Right? Oh my god, yeah. Hugh. Is his name Hugh? Hugh. Something? He's got Hugh Keys. Hugh, Hugh Keys Burn. That's I, it, yeah. I, tried, I looked up his lineage, and there's no Irish in there at all. But like, <laughs> yeah, he's he's a strange guy. Like even on the in the pre, on the press junket and all that, he was there with his top knot and his Hawaiian yeah. shirts. Yeah, he didn't yeah. care. He looks like a wrestler. Yeah, he really does. Um, Tom Hardy as Mad Max. What did you think? Um, didn't have a lot to do really yeah yeah, it wasn't much to, to do like you know he, mumbled he, a lot he did and he was he, I think every single line was ADR which really kind of got in my nerves after really? a while really yeah it, it could be, I think it was because sorry just for the, the, the people who don't oh, know what that is what is they, that it's when, when, when they finished the principal photography in a film then they re-record a lot of the dialogue oh, okay. that, 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 that is inaudible right, in okay. the studio and much like this um, <laughs> he was good yeah I mean like he, he, uh, he kind of 
everything everything went towards Furiosa and yeah. it, it worked really well you yeah know? she was fucking brilliant there's nothing yeah. that Charlie's there and can't do there's a great like, moment when he realises he, he can't make that shot uh, into the darkness to, and she, he basically gives her the gun and just put, puts his shoulder out for her to lean on him oh that was great it's, yeah. it's incredibly empowering it's a really really great moment where he realises you know what she's better at all this stuff than I am yeah yeah. And it was also one of the things where, where like it didn't feel the need to tack on a sex scene or something like no that. no no which I, the one, was the one thing at the, at the end of Edge of Tomorrow Tom Cruise and Emily Bunt had to just have a kiss. And yeah. I was just like, if they if they if they just touched foreheads tenderly, you know, I would have been just fine. But you know, it was that kind of thing. That's actually what happens at the end of Pacific Rim, which I quite liked. Like the male and female lead just embrace as friends. Yeah, having survived I this kinda, thing. Yeah, I I, I I I did. I do really like like when a film doesn't necessarily feel it has to do that. Although I always remember when I went to see uh, The Dark Knight, and this was like it was so oh, every whole audience so highly strung. It hurt so much. Heard it was so good, and uh, the guy sitting beside me just any time anything romantic on the screen oh for fuck's sake you know what I mean? <laughs> so like so just before they did that insane set piece where they where, where uh, uh, what's his name Harvey goes out in the, in the back of the armoured truck and they go out and she's like Harvey don't do this and he's like oh no it's going to be fine and he flicks it and, and they kiss he's like oh what's going on here <laughs> you know he really just don't want any romance in his movies he just wants to watch Resident Evil movies all day long yeah oh for fuck's sake <laughs> Yeah, we seem to be kind of moving away from it. Like, I mean, like, I guess not with James Bond because, you know, that's his MO. Yeah, and Monica Bellucci gets, she's in that film for 45 seconds. That's she gives old. up the information and then gets plowed against the mirror. That's about <laughs> it. And it's like, see you later. And they, 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 they kind of sucked up all this praise. Yeah, yeah, we're casting the Bond girl a little older this time. It's going to be pretty great. And she's like, her late 40s and we're kind of, you know, Bond doesn't, he's in his 40s. So he has to be not, you know, going out taming 22-year-old strange. But uh, no, even 45 seconds, she kind of... Uh, uh, well more than that but the funny thing is that she at the end when he's walking away and she's on the bed the clothes she's wearing did you notice that? no she weren't what's she wearing? she's wearing like a like a like almost like a French maid uniform <laughs> okay. or something that sounds like, like James Bond like, to like me a corset and like tall, tall stockings or something as if she just put that on out. it was weird like she was <laughs> sitting on the bed like it just looked like a photo shoot she was deemed too old for Pierce Brosnan's Bond um, at a certain point and oh really was, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but she wasn't the Bond girl though the, the, the blonde girl was I no, thought, but, but, like, they're kind of both in the poster I kind of figured there might be kind of like you know a kind of a I would have preferred a romance with the, with, with the older one would you prefer a romance with Pierce Brosnan's Bond and oh yeah, I, he, he likes to bite shoulders. He's, uh, he's kind of getting he's kind of getting torn down a bit as the years go on, really, for his his run as Bond, isn't he? Like, yeah, he's getting kicking, isn't he? Yeah, um, I mean, I've actually never they don't seen, stand up as well. I've never seen Goldeneye, but I've seen the other. You've never you've seen, seen Goldeneye. Gold, no, no. Goldeneye's awesome. I, don't, I know. I just keep missing it. It's fucking great. <laughs> and you know what? I, I own I own this big silver hard case that has all twenty two or three at the time Bond movies on DVD, and they're all like the thing, you open it up and it's got like a little little kind of a handcuff on it, so you know it's it, it's it's meant to be like a spy case I've just never taken it out watched it you've heard the theme song though right yes yeah. the, and, I, and I've seen like, Bond I've seen, the, I've seen Tomorrow Never Dies right like not five good. times and I've seen the other one The World's Not Enough yeah Dying of the Day yeah seen that one loads yeah. Yeah. Dying of the Day is a guilty pleasure of mine because it's completely batshit crazy yeah you, one of the villains is a Korean albino with diamonds in his face yeah. <laughs> actually when you say it like that yeah. Yeah. yeah that sounds like James Bond to me another one is a guy with like a robot death suit and like a pair of death glove and isn't there, yeah and isn't there some sort of ray coming from the sky or yeah, there's like a it. there's a satellite beam. Uh, there's terrible CGI when when Pierce Brosnan Paris says there's an invisible car. Invisible car yeah. Halle Berry. They wanted to launch a franchise of that character. Didn't happen. No. Didn't uh, happen. You got a young Rosamund Pike. You got a Madonna cameo. It's nuts. There's a good scrap in the in, in, in uh, kind of a fencing fight type yeah, thing. Good scrap. Good scrap yeah. yeah. Always good. But Goldeneye is definitely Brosnan's best. Yeah. Okay. By fine. Far. Jesus, you guys yeah, just go home now and watch it. Like. <laughs> All right. But then I'll go, I'll go back and I'll be like, yeah, well, you know what? Like, you know, you know, octopus is sitting right there. I could just watch that. <laughs> you know. 
See, I, I think I'd have to watch Goldeneye. Whereas when I put on a View to a Kill or whatever, it's you can you can do stuff around the house. You like, can do stuff. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? Did you ever play the the Goldeneye game on N64? No, I've heard great things though. Yeah, it's, awesome. you know, it's like the opposite. It of goes hand in hand, hand in hand with. Like I don't play computer games really, but it goes hand in hand with the film. It's great. It's a classic, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah it's, 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 it's often like voted number one best game ever. Like, and it's, really? yeah, it's, it was fucking great. Like, it's it was great. Yeah, four player mode. It's brilliant. It was just really cool because, like, I mean, like, I remember, like, it's a first-person shooter. And I mean, like, you know, there's one bit. I remember, like, playing. You play it on a certain difficulty level. Like, if you're a sadist like me, and like many video gamers when they're in their teens, you know, there's some scientist guys helping you out, and you can just like, you know, shoot them, kill them if you want to, because you know that's games, man. But Wait, like, so a scientist can help you out, and then you execute them. You can if you want to. Like, <laughs> okay, like, you're, in this, you're, you're in like a facility, and there's scientist characters who basically, like, you know, like just kind of mill about. Like, they're innocents, but like, so you know, if you feel particularly sadistic, you can just like shoot one of them in the knees. And watch him like squirm, then okay. shoot him in the other arm, and he's like, oh, and, like, and you're like, ha, now I'll shoot him in the head. But if you play on a certain difficulty, if you shoot the guys twice in non fatal areas, then they pull out a fucking gun <laughs> or a grenade. And the first time that so, happens. It's a self preservation, then you, you have to, you're trying to kill them before they kill you. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. They're, they're totally justified in what they're doing. Okay. But I was like, what? That's not supposed to happen. So, yeah, innovative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Much so like next night, just kill everybody all the time. Absolutely, yeah. In games, did you, yeah. did you torture cats as a kid or something? No, no. I I'm, I, I like cats. Okay, cool. I have a cat. Just checking. You know, that's a telltale uh, sign. I, I, I got a I, I got a cat in the divorce. So uh, oh, nice. Yeah, I still love her. The cat. We just quit this. Delete that out. Yeah, no, sorry. We'll let, we'll let all that out. Um, yeah. We'll open up the podcast with that. Actually. <laughs> um, so, uh, Blade Runner two. You're a massive fan of the first one. Oh yeah, we're still on movies. Sorry. Uh, you don't get off movies. I, I don't. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, the, pff, I don't know. Ridley Scott's a complicated dude. He seems to have. T- what is he? Seventy six, seventy seven now, yeah, and he's just it, yeah. ramping up. But like he's got four Prometheus sequels, and he's got. Or, yeah, and or, or the second Prometheus is called Alien Paradise Lost, which Brilliant. I don't understand because he went, he was at pains to say that Prometheus wasn't really tied to the Alien universe just yet. Oh, uh, Alien came out at the end of it, didn't he? So. Yeah, yeah, uh, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I, I, you know, the first, the, fir- the first one's there. I, I, it won't affect my enjoyment of the first one. The director is a very, very good director. I don't know what they could possibly want to add to the story, but you know, I'm sure it'll be watchable. I don't mm-hmm. know. And you weren't you weren't mad on the uh, the Martian, um, Martian. What you described it as Mac- McDonald's, the McDonald's meal. You're kind of like at the time it's pleasant, and then afterwards it's like, like, oh man, this is delicious. This yeah. is just what I need need right now. And then five minutes later, you're like, I'll never remember I, that, and I, I kind of regret it. Yeah, really? yeah. I, I, I thought it was, I, I thought yeah. it was a, fi- a fine movie. This fine, is the thing. Yeah, it's grand, we're not it's nice. damning with faint praise. We're yeah. we're actually praising the film, but. Uh, it's okay to say it, it's not. It's not all that. I would have thought it's fine. I like, couldn't stop thinking about it afterwards. What really? really? Yeah. I, I Did you feel like, like you, you were like, oh my god, if I was there, man, what the fuck would I do? No, I was just thinking like it's so amazing, and someday humanity will get to Mars, and someday all this stuff's gonna happen, and so, like not the person being left there, but just the, the exploration of it. Felt like a Sunday rainy DVD movie, and I would I probably I would probably watch that Blu-ray on a Sunday on a Sunday yeah. afternoon, and, and enjoy it's very, it very enjoyable. Much. Great script, great cast. But there was just something about it where I was like, "This just feels like I'm being sold something." I don't know. I like I I, I had a weird reaction to it. And How even at the end, what were you being sold? <laughs> space travel. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, uh, t- togetherness, compassion. You know, things I don't want in my life. No, but uh, <laughs> it was very strange. I don't know. And even at the end of it, like that great fucking OJ song, "Love Train," and I was like, "Yeah, you got me, movie." But why am I rebelling against this? Why would I rather watch Sicario, for example, which yeah. is a much more Dread. How do you feel about? Um, I know it's different, but Interstellar. Um, I didn't love it. I thought it was okay. I have a big. I, I have a real. I'm. I'm. I'm not mad into Christopher Nolan. I think he's. Yeah. 
I don't want to say the word overrated, but uh, I think I've got problems with Christopher Nolan. Um, and I Interstellar to me peaked halfway through, and I kind of want to go back to it. it. Had little things. I, I liked the robots and stuff. They had cool, you know, inventions. But I thought by the end of it, it was just I was like, yeah, he's done it again. I'm, I've, you know, this, I've checked out. You've seen it three times. Yeah, uh, I would have had that feeling you had after The Merchant. I would have been like, God, I can't get that movie out of my head. What a, yeah. But I was more the emotional stakes with the daughter and the... It's like any Christopher Nolan film, or rather the last two, it's, you're, you're, left, you're left scratching your head at some of the choices the characters make and you know that the guy is smart enough that he means every every single thing that happens on screen. But I'm like, yeah, like the whole... you get. He, he gets back with his daughter finally after all these years. Oh, what, 60 years are we talking? Yeah. And she's like, like, see ya. Yeah. She's like, go, man. Get get, get out of here, bruh. Go after yeah. her. <laughs> go off. To, yeah, go to that. Somebody. And that's just strange. And I know, I think he just might be a very unusual guy. Christopher Nolan has a weird opinion about how things... Well, the humour in his films is always dreadful. It's never funny. Like, no. And I think he thinks it's rip-roaring. <laughs> Do you think he thinks his movies are funny at I, all? I think the jokes that he puts in, like, for example, like that you mentioned earlier on, that sequence in The Dark Knight when Harvey Dent is in the thing, and, like, the guy who's driving the SWAT fan just can't stop talking. He's like, oh, yeah, that, is that a bazooka? Yeah, that kind of stuff is terrible, though, isn't it? Yeah. Really I didn't really sign up for this. Life. I'm like, what? Yeah. Jim Gordon in the first one, gotta get me one of those. I'm like, yeah. what? what's going on? Why are you doing this, man? Doesn't need it. You know, Tom Hardy's action is funny enough in the third one. That's all we really needed. <laughs> Which was fun. I started getting really emotional. My, my, my throat got dry. <laughs> Tom Hardy. Yeah, I love Tom Hardy. Okay, so to wrap up, I guess. Um, seeing as it's all been filmed, <laughs> what 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 happened here, guys? Um, You've had a good year. Good uh, good album. Good yeah, uh, tour. Okay, yeah, we released an album. We 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 we, we toured the world and elsewhere. And uh, well, I was going to actually ask you for like your top three, like like or five films, and everyone should see. <laughs> oh well, because um, it's all been filmed. You going to say so? Three yeah. things uh, that were good this year. The top three the, the, galaxy. the galaxy songs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the top uh, five films I think anyone should see. Uh, mine are very, very. They'll be on the t- on the most t- top ten list. That's totally fine. I would say for, uh, but clearly as everyone knows, Jaws is the best film ever made. So we go with Jaws for number one. Two thousand and one is is probably one of the most important film of my life in terms of even shaping what I my aesthetic and what I loved about about visuals and design and music, especially mm. you know. Um, Can I ask how often you've seen it? Because I mean, it's, it's, you know, uh, it's, I usually see it anytime it's on in the cinema here. Right. Um, yeah, I would say I'd seen it since I, well since I was a child, probably maybe like I don't know, forty fifty times. I really? Know. Yeah. I mean, but like that would be like I'd come home and put it on because I was because I had no friends and no <laughs> and, and no girlfriends. So I was like at home watching science fiction movies all the time. Um, I would probably put in uh, Dead Man's Shoes. Because it's just simply because it's one of the most affectingly amazing films I've ever seen. Um, I think Shane Meadows is great. Uh, I probably put in The Shining mm-hmm. because it's the scariest film I've ever seen. I, I would go back as far as, as far as childhood there. And one more for uh, I'm going to go for something more contemporary because I feel like it's, I'm, I'm in the past here. Uh, probably There Will Be Blood. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan. Um, that might be my I, 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 I think it's a filmmaker at the absolute top of his game, and I can. It's like it's. It feels like diff, different cinema. You know, yeah. hmm. it feels like it's not even doing but playing by the rules of anybody anybody else set down. Since then, P.T. Anderson has maybe gone up his arse a little bit, but um, you know, you can't deny that he makes the movies. He he can only make the films that he can make. Yeah, yeah. like he doesn't know how to do anything else. That's I the best kind thing you said. Of, I kind of got the. the hour, there will be blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been a good error. I kind of got the same reaction that everyone got to it. There will be blood with actually the film that came out the year before and which was the assassination of Jesse James by the car Robert Ford. 
I thought that I film. Was, I was just going to say that one as well. That film, fucking, I as soon as it was over, I was like, I want to go back in. That was yeah, it's beautiful. It's incredible. The music is fucking. In, uh, I thought it was perfect, mm. absolutely perfect film. And that was a good year. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was two thousand seven. Were, were they about two thousand seven, two thousand eight? Yeah. Around that time. Yeah, that that that, <coughs> that was that was it was either that or uh, there be blood. I was going to say right there because I felt like I needed. Uh, so, so, Should have oh, went with Jesse James. No, there will be blood. Definitely, Jesse James is also excellent. But there will be blood. Yeah, it's it is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, any last words? Um, <laughs> what what uh, do you got to sell? You got to. We're going to get you back in. I'll do the I'll do the Indianapolis speech from Jaws. Will I? No. I won't. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to need a bigger boat. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that that thing I did, that that really annoying smoke thing I did where I I I, I, I presume everyone knows that Jaws is the biggest film of all time is something I've been doing since I was like fifteen and everyone hates it. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They're like, well, obviously you all know Jaws is the greatest film of all time. As if, as if it's just an afterthought in my brain, so I don't have to even, like people hate it. Yeah. Have you ever been like vociferously challenged on it by someone like, no, I'm not fucking having it. No, nah, it's how you know I I, I like. I love to debate and kind of and kind of uh, get going back and forth about movies like you know um, I don't like people who are uh, who are just contrary for the sake of it mm-hmm. uh, but certain films like say if you didn't say if you didn't think The Sopranos was any good yeah, or something, <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no I kind of I, I kind of I, I love being challenging this kind of stuff and I love uh, debate about movies and stuff like that and kind of different scenes and different and, and you know would you like to say a re- see a remake by Michael Bay <laughs> of Jaws, Jaws. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, the, the, the sh- now you, you kind of really, really want that shark to be CGI. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's you know? what it was missing. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it is. And too, too much. Think presence. of how much how much completely badass radical action you could have now. <laughs> get a CGI shark. There's nothing to get away with. Yeah. And of course, the shark would like you know be a weird love interest for someone. <laughs> oh yeah, and we get it, we get it. We, we get Jaws origins. <laughs> we go back to where, like you know where he spawned in the middle of the sea and stuff. And like Christoph Waltz did it all along. Yeah, and and it, it, it was a fish that um that baby baby chief Brody gave into the ocean when he was <laughs> so it, what it was was that it was coming back. Uh, did we did you just do a bit of a spoiler there for uh, for Spectre? I haven't seen Spectre. Oh yeah, okay. But I we, presume. We, we, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, like it's a fucking Bond movie. Yeah, has sex with women, kills the bad guy, lives, comes yeah, back. But I think it. I land on this. You were saying it's. I should took a bit of fun, but I felt that the, the balance in that movie was wrong because it took itself quite seriously. I thought Spectre. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been saying. Like it, everyone's been, they're bringing the fun back to Bond. Yeah, I didn't. Did I you? thought Skyfall was more fun. Yeah, Skyfall was like for the jokes. I thought. Yeah. Um, but I still thought it was fun. I still thought. It, I think all the Craigs are ones are a bit more serious, but mm. it's still fun. Like mm. serious fun, fun seriousness. <laughs> Uh, what do you want okay well, I guess a, a nice way to finish on would be what do you guys want from your next James Bond and who would that Bond be uh, I've heard a rumblings you just Albert's a one yeah of the, he's the one, he's the one. two street guys sorry uh, yeah mm. that, that's, that, that's what that, who said that it was, it was actually Roger Moore wasn't it no it wasn't him I thought it was whoever wrote the latest Bond book which by the way is called Trigger Mortis oh nice <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's what you want nice. that kind of sounds like what was that? there was a character in Onlyfields and Horses called Trigger, Trigger. wasn't there yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like his, uh... Uh, Dan Stevens from The Guest is my choice by the way have you seen really? The Guest I think he's too slight he's a bit slight but he, you can always bulk up I think he's got a, I think he's got a small Kenneth Parcell from Tordy Rock head oh my <laughs> yeah. god and I think, I, I, think, I, think, I think his head is too flimsy I think he would his think, head is too flimsy yeah <laughs> he's got the, he, you know, I, you have, they have to have a real com- he's good he's great like, and he's great in the guest yeah. and he proves he, he has action chops if, if that's right if, if you can pardon the expression but uh, 
I think he's. I think. I think his head is too thin and small and wispy. Okay. Sorry, Dan. Uh, chief of Bond <laughs> films, Michael Pope. He looks no? a bit like 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 Kenneth from Thirty yeah, Rock. Now um, I can see it. And now yeah, he does. It. I just. Yeah. I kind of want more physically. I mean, I, there was a time where it was it, people kind of thought it was going to be Clive Owen. He, I think yeah. Clive Owen thought it was going to be Clive Owen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really. I, yeah, which was kind of. So I think we're not going to get what we want. I think we'll get someone who is kind of an unknown quantity because I mean Daniel Craig certainly wasn't a household name in, no, any, in, any, in any way yeah. even though he'd he'd done like the Golden Compass and uh, had he a couple of other things yeah Road to Perdition yeah oh yeah he had yeah Lair Cake Lair Cake he'd done Lair Cake yeah yeah so I mean but he, so they kind of saw what he was uh, what he was into um, well, or what he was about then like but I, I kind of thinking we're going to we're going to be surprised hmm. I think and also he seems Daniel Craig seems thoroughly fed up with the whole thing he does yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, like even on he couldn't he couldn't even get to the spirit of it on Graham Norton there last week he just, oh really I didn't see that he just he's fine he's but they, they I understand that it's such a behemoth they get junketed out yeah, yeah, they, just, yeah. they just they just do hotel rooms and like just press conferences and say, you, you would be knackered and tired like but uh yeah, it's, there it's, isn't a product out there at the moment that isn't endorsed with Bond. Yeah. you know every single thing. Yeah. But apparently, he's making like more money or as much money from the endorsements that he, as he is from his contract. Like, so you know. it's the most expensive Bond ever made, isn't it? This one, this one, Spectre was. How much did it cost? Um, I think it was over 200, 200 million. Yeah. Woof. I mean, the, mo- I, the, the money is on screen. Like you know, there's like there's loads of stuff happening. Yeah. A bit like that dodgy green screen, but you know, that's, that's you're gonna, you kind of want a bit of that. Though. <laughs> yeah, I mean with. You know, sometimes I prefer my old school rear projection. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> I was watching Under Siege 2 today. Was oh, Dark Territory. Qual- quality rear projection in that. Yeah, that's a good movie. Eric Bogosian plays the bad he guy. He does. And what a bad guy. Oh, yeah. Travis Dane, I believe is his name. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Steven a bit of a- Seagal must be the most bad guy is looking <clears throat> good guy. <laughs> I think up until like his appearance in that machete... Have you ever been killed on screen before? Yeah, he, he did, but he really didn't want to be killed in executive oh, decision. Executive decision. Yeah, <laughs> he really didn't. He really didn't like the fact that they killed him off in that movie. Yeah. Forty minutes in or something. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. Like, he wasn't happy about that. I remember uh, I was on his his uh, his Wikipedia a few years ago. And it's been changed since then, but they had like a thing about uh, his ethos with his films, where all his characters are quote born perfect. <laughs> that, that was he said. You know, his characters are always good men. You know, kind of like the, the quote. The quote was in in, in in quotes. Born perfect. Which I really enjoy. There is a spectacular book by my favorite film critic. Now that Roger Ebert has passed on, uh, a guy called Vern. He just goes by that's just Vern. Vern, yeah, V E R N. He used to write for Any Cool News, or whatever. But like, he has his own website called OutlawVern.com. Kind of writes in his own style, a la Roger Ebert. Like this kind of like you know doesn't really care about you know being too rigid, and he's just he's just great to read. He wrote a book called Sigalogy. <laughs> which is a collected uh, collection of essays on every Steven Seagal film. He brought out like an extended edition a few years ago to keep up with all the fucking straight to video stuff. <laughs> oh god, those are amazing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like yeah. he breaks them down like, like like at the end of at the end of each film or at the end of each chapter he has like a roundup where he's like, you know, amount of people thrown through glass, like all all like <laughs> uh, poli- weird political themes. You know, awkward dialogue. Like he's very, it's very knowing. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah. He, like he knows he's he's a fan and also a critic at the same time. And he writes these like ten to twelve page essays on on each one. And they're they're. I'm telling you guys, read it. It's fun. Yeah. he's great. Did, did he, does he mention his bizarre hairline? Or oh yeah, constantly. Oh, he, okay. he, he his fluctuating weight, his bizarre hairline, his <laughs> quote unquote sensitive ponytail. <laughs> uh, Oh yeah, like he's like 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 by the end of it, he's kind of like he's like oh, I can't lie here, guys. This is bad. He's like he's like yeah. he, and he, and and also the thing about like like the direct to DVD films, he, he like he talks about cover accuracy is one of his headings. Oh, okay. and he's like that's not his body. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> those not are not his arms. Yeah, yeah. That that B fifty two bomber is not in this movie. Yeah, at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's happened. He's like he's like there's a helicopter on the front of this for I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Stephen Seagal. 
Uh, I Ref. suppose we better let you go, I think, because yeah. it's, past, yeah. it's, past, you your, it's past your bedtime. Um, but uh, thanks a minute for coming in. It's been great yeah, talking to you. Uh, uh, yeah, go uh, see the Galaxy if you, if you yeah, know. Yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got an album or anything? <laughs> yeah, you should, uh, you should check it out. I, I hear they're okay. It, we'll, yeah. we'll do that in the intro. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, I'll we'll, be you. Yeah. <laughs> just any time I'm speaking, just put the Galaxy music behind it, will you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks um, for coming in. Okay, thanks, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that. That was Mick Pope from the Galaxy, uh, and it was also Dave giving out. Yay! <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, I actually didn't give out that you much. That you're, much. You're, you're trying to give out again now. <laughs> giving out. Uh, this Connor, you're, you're usually you know the good judge in this you know mom and pop angry divorce marriage that we're having on here. Oh God, take out that bit about me saying divorce uh, earlier in the episode. Yeah, I, I thought it was fairly reined in today. No, definitely, yeah. yeah I'm tired, you know. No one mentioned <laughs> Taylor Swift. Nobody mentioned... <laughs> Sorry, what? No. Okay. So, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, the name of the Legality album, which we didn't talk about enough, is Le Club. Le Club. And go and see them if they're doing a gig near you anytime soon. They're probably um, done for the year, but they will. I'm sure they'll be back. They'll be year. back. Yeah. They'll be back. Um, they live for a good gig. So, uh, thanks very much for listening. Please uh, rate and uh, subscribe and do all those things. Uh Leave a comment if you like. Uh, that'd be nice. Um, you can do that on SoundCloud and iTunes. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Headstuff. Uh, check out the website. Check out the music section of the website. Yeah, man. Check out the music section of the website. Headstuff.org. And then music. We'll get you to the music section. Join the podcast group on we, yeah, Facebook? Facebook. It's just called the Headstuff Podcast. So join that. Uh, you'll That's be an open to, group, isn't it? It's, you have to ask to be invited. You have to ask to enter it or whatever. But ah, okay. anybody will be allowed in. Can I make it an open group? Maybe I'll just make it an open group. Just join that group um, because we'll be giving news and updates and things and we'll be asking questions so you can have your own kind of feedback and that kind you of stuff. You can suggest guests. Suggest guests. Yeah. Anything like that. There's no um, sort of hazing process to this group, is there? <laughs> uh, not, nothing that I'm willing to talk about okay, on, on air. <laughs> yeah, you've, seen, you've seen Eyes Wide show, I'm still right? sore. Sorry. <laughs> If you see a bird mask on your pillow, you'll, you'll, you'll know what to do. Uh, buy a t-shirt, by the way. Uh, yes, buy a Headstuff t-shirt. They're very nice. Um, Dave has his coming very soon. I'm very excited. Um, and I've requested uh, a, 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 awkward a, a, Dave. a custom t-shirt. Custom t-shirt. Um, yeah. Dave is, is an awkward man who's getting a black one. I want a black one. Um, but everybody else can have a white or a blue one because they're nicer than the black You can't one. have mine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, if you go to headstuff.org for slash shop, shop uh, you'll find the t-shirt. Um, thank you to uh, Connor, Wilkins Sound Systems, for doing the sound. Thank you, Connor. Thanks to Video Blue for the theme tune. Thanks to Mikey for the artwork I'm going to ask him to make. Uh, thanks very much to my wonderful co-host, Dave Henratty. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks to Mick Pope uh, of The Galaxy. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks, bye.